Yeah. I appreciate the excitement this morning. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at the church. We want to welcome you this morning. I'm going to take a few minutes, just a few minutes this morning to talk with you. I know you have kids with you. Uh, but I, I want to pose some questions this morning. But first, before we do that, I want to say that, that parents, you should be proud of your kids. You really should be proud of your kids today. And what's, what's awesome about our church is that we believe in your kids. Let me assure you that as, as your kid's pastor, uh, we believe in your believes in your kids. See, we, we at, at our church don't use language like, the kids are the future of the church. In fact, we say things like, the kids are the church right now. You see, this morning, we, we take programs like, like this, and we call them that, programs. We call them cantatas, and we call them musicals. But what I think is interesting is that rarely do we consider the fact that our kids are leading us in of worship. That what our kids did for us this morning was tell a story. Now, I love this stat because I know some of you don't think much about telling stories. In fact, it reminds me of this, this show I'm walking, watching now. I, I probably shouldn't promote it, but it's called Vikings. And Lagatha, the princess, is standing before uh, these, these, this couple who's having a dispute. And, and the gentleman says to Lagatha, the princess, he says, talking about the gods, they're just stories. And the princess says, no, these these stories are who we are. Now, I want you to think about that this morning, that, that our kids are the ones who are leading us and showing us, as we learn from Jesus, they teach us what it means to embody the kingdom of God. And so we believe at this church that kids are essential, that they are the church now, and we believe in them. So we want to thank you for entrusting your kids with us. There's another thing that we believe in this morning that I want to talk with you about. It's this little word called hope. You see, it is our mission at this church to become a community of hope to the community around us and to the world. You see, it's really difficult for us at times to define this word hope. But we have these moments and experiences in life where we know hope when we experience it. In fact, many of you at night lay awake and you have dreams and visions of what hope looks like for you and for your family. And it's just my opinion, but I think... The human life hinges upon this word, hope. And so this morning, I want to think for you, with you just for a few minutes about this word, since that is our emphasis for the week. And so we're going to read a brief scripture from Matthew 3. If you would, would you please stand with me? One of the things we do here is we love to stand as we read scripture together. The words will be up, up on the screen for you. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Well, those are, those are hopeful words, repent. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice, one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make straight the paths for him. John's clothes, I mean, it's just pure awesomeness. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. Now that's a man's man. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was being baptized, he said to them very kindly, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with, there's that word again, repentance. 
And do not think that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Words of hope, my friends. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now hear this. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Maybe see it. Now, I know some of you are asking, Pastor, what does that passage have to do with hope? That is a really good question, because I wondered the same thing. But I just want to ask you a few quick questions. The first question I want to ask you, and you don't have to do this here. I'm going to do it for you. But when you go home, and perhaps this week, I want you to ask this question. What does your Christmas quest look like? What does your Christmas season look like for you? Quite simply, to put it as simply as I possibly can, what is your to-do list over Advent? You see, I've never done this before, and this is the first time I did it, but but here was my list that I made, my to-do list for this Christmas, and here's what I came up with. I love it. My list looks like this. Um, It starts by pulling out the Christmas tree. Decorating the tree, decorating the house. Those are all separate events, by the way. Hope Closet Christmas event, which was great yesterday. Kids dress rehearsal for church. Go to the next one. Take the kids out to floor hockey on Mondays. Attend and host two Christmas parties that are on those Mondays that we take kids to the floor Pay the school district. By the way, if you're a school district employee, don't don't come after me. I'm sorry, we haven't paid yet. We'll get there. Uh, staff Christmas party, which, by the way, means that we have to plan the staff Christmas party, host the Christmas party, clean up after the Christmas party, and feed people at the Christmas party. Those are all separate events as well. Mary Crest Cantata, plan two major Christmas services. Shop for sponsored our sponsored family this year. We sponsor family, families through uh, Hope for the Holidays which we'll have to give, uh, wrap the gifts, we'll deliver the gifts, and we have a Christmas karaoke night, which y'all should be a part of, it'll be a good time. Shop for Janelle, which, thanks Amazon, you'll make that easy. Read Advent readings and devotions with kids, wrap gifts, prepare and preach Christmas Eve service, have Christmas Day. Then we've got prepare and preach Christmas Day service. Travel to Ohio Christmas Day following Christmas service for Christmas with family. Wrap gifts. That's always, I don't know why, but a lot of wrapping gifts. Eat too much. Spend time with family. Watch football. Unwrap gifts that I've wrapped for myself. Spend time under the mistletoe with Janelle. Woo! Yeah! And somehow try to find a breath after that. (laughs) Uh, Those are my, that's my to-do for this year. So my question to you is, what does your to-do list look like? The other question I want to pose to you is this. What do you want your Christmas day to look like? What do you hope for on Christmas day? And maybe we could take that question just a bit deeper. Not just what do you hope for on Christmas day, but what kind of relationships do you want to be part of on Christmas day? And perhaps the question that I really want you to answer is this. What kind of world do you want to live on and live in on Christmas day? 
What kind of world do you want to be a part of that your family can live in on Christmas Day? That's the question that I want to ask you this morning. And I would love for you to do this exercise. It's so helpful. Here are my hopes and dreams for the world on Christmas Day. I dream that everyone will have a Christmas meal. That people around the world will, will cease to know what hunger feels like for just a moment. I dream that all people will have a place, a place where neighborly love repudiates loneliness. I dream that families estranged will somehow be arranged by forgiveness and wholeness. I dream that single parents who who are desperately struggling to make ends meet will be met with abundance to meet Christmas expectations. I dream of a, a world where racism is reconciled by love, where intolerance becomes inebriated by grace. I dream of a political world, if that's possible, where politicians and pundits quit belittling, belittling each other and start being examples for our children our country of what it means to be a good citizen. I dream about a church that's filled. Just a Caucasian persuasion, but we're a church filled with blacks and whites where every ethnicity and everyone from around the world comes under the fold of Christ together called the body of Christ, known as the church. I, I, I dream about a day when there is no us versus them, but there's only us. I dream about a world when we know no violence, but only peace. I dream that one day Christians will live up to their calling. I dream about a world where homelessness is met with viable and long-term solutions of restoring people into the identity of God. A world where nobody should want and where love reigns supreme. That is my hope for this world. That is my hope for my family, for this church as we live in this world. Those are my hopes. And I love what Isaiah says to us this morning as we read it this morning that, that righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness around his waist. Listen to this. Lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear and their young will lie down together and the lion will eat the straw with the ox. Now, I know this is a bit scary, but Isaiah says this, the infant will play near the cobra's den. Think about that for a minute. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy each other on the holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. This morning I'm trying to think just a bit differently with you about Christmas. You see, I know often pastors get up and they say, you need to remember the reason for the season. We should just kind of cut that line out. It's pretty old. But what if I said to you this morning that, that I'm not asking you to have less of Christmas. I'm actually having, asking you to have more of Christmas. That I'm asking you to have bigger hopes for the world. Dream bigger dreams for the world. And then somehow align our lives with those hopes and dreams. You see, it's not just about Christmas. About this weird word that, that we saw multiple times in this passage this morning that make many of us cringe, this word repentance. 
You see, here's what I think repentance is. Repentance is not about being sorry, as we've so often been told, but, but it is a reorienting of our life's habits towards the world's hopes. Can, can you hear that this morning? If you hear any kind of the main point that we want you to get, that repentance that John talks about is about reorienting your life's habits towards the world's hopes. You see, God has hopes for his world. And when we can reshape and reimagine and reorientate our lives towards those hopes, we are living a better Christmas. And so the third part to the exercise, I've asked you to make a to-do list. I've asked you to, to give us your hopes and dreams for the world. But then I want you to go back and I want you to work backwards for just a moment. You see, I begin to realize as I looked at my hopes and dreams for the world, there were only four things on my to-do list this Christmas that actually tied in to those hopes and dreams. Hope Christmas Closet, where we clothed 109 families. We ministered to 109 families. That's right. We'll be shopping for a family that we're sponsoring with our small group. Who's a single mother, by the way? Delivering gifts and reading emotions with my children. About four things on my whole to-do list. Actually, my hopes and dreams for this world. And so what I'm asking you is not to have less of Christmas, but actually have more. That you would have more joy, more love. There would be more peace. There would be more Christmas to reorientate our life's habit towards the world's hopes. That is the hope that we have for the world. And that is my hope that we have as a church together. Let's pray. Lord, we give thanks for this wonderful opportunity for us to see our children lead us in worship. Where they they get to tell us a story about a world of love and peace breaking the brokenness that binds each of us. Lord, teach us what hope looks like. May we take just a few moments this week to to down and and look at what we have to do, but then somehow align it with what our, our hopes are for the world. So we might begin to live in, fall into rhythms of love and hope. Lord, give us strength and guidance this week as we do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you please stand and join me as we close in prayer together? Please say this with me. Grant, we ask you, Almighty God, that the words we have heard this day with our ears may, through your grace, be so implanted in our hearts that they may bring out in us the fruit of godly living to the honor and praise of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Go in peace. Merry Christmas.